0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
1: My name is Ichabod Crane.
0: Good morrow, and welcome to the Ichabod Cranecast, the podcast that recaps each week's new episode of the Fox television series, Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and with me is Brandon Peters. Hello. And Maxwell Haddad.
2: Spooky greetings.
0: Alright guys, we're back. Bit of a shake-up last week, things just got too busy. It got too crazy. And you know, Ichabod's doing all this stuff, we're doing all the stuff back here. And uh, so yeah, we missed last week's episode, last week, which was what, the root of all evil, I believe, was the episode? Yeah. The root of all evil. And uh, I feel like I, I don't want to go over that episode in full. So I figure we should just kind of do, do like a quick synopsis of that one and like our thoughts on it. Then we can just kind of move on to everything else from there. So uh, just a quick uh, recap of what that episode was about uh, Ichabod and Abby. They basically they, they stumbled onto this to uh, what was it called? The coin, these coin, the coin right? The, um... it's, a, it's a coin that brings out the evil in people. Yeah, right. They found yeah they found these like these haunted coins, um, and we we're, it's revealed and we have like a Sleepy Hollow history twist where it's it's revealed that Benedict Arnold, the reason he turned on the uh, against the colonists was because of this coin, which made him to go, made him turn evil. Um, not a traitor. Not a traitor. Yeah. So, so Sleepy Hollow has redeemed the entire uh, character <laughs> of Benedict Arnold in real life. Just to let you know, uh, everyone can just ease back now because ben, that's no longer an expression that works because it was all it was the it was the forces of the dark side that that caused that to happen. But yeah, we the coin the co- we find the coin in like modern day, uh, like what's her name? Uh, Jenny gets a hold of the coin and it leads to a lot of drama involving that. But uh, of the things to really kind of take note of. Uh, we're introduced to, um, Holly, the character of Holly, Nick Holly, in, uh, that episode. And he comes back this week, and we'll get to him later. But, um, yeah, those, that's like, those are like the main points. Um.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but Captain finds out that who his lawyer really is?
0: Yes, Irving does, yeah, he, uh, Ichabod and Abby, they, they inform him of who his lawyer is because, uh, they're first kind of blocked from seeing Irving, but then they realize the truth of what's going on. So, with all that in mind, did you guys like last week's episode? Yeah, solid.
1: Um. One thing I want to point out that I really enjoy that you know, I take notice of, I love that uh, John Noble, um, the headless, the the our horsemen and uh, Katrina have this like hideout. And so I mean I don't I think uh, not only do we have monsters but we have them. They have their own like little hideout, which I think is kind of nifty. So you don't really see much bad guys like that are usually just constantly on the run or finding new places to hide. Not
0: like how they have this like central headquarters that they're dealing with. It's yeah, I guess when, when there's two horsemen of the apocalypse involved yeah. it seems like they have they're pretty safe staying where they are <laughs> so. yeah i yeah
1: i just i, I just kind of find that a, a little bit of a novelty that doesn't get used to anymore and um it's interesting in the episode too that the the horseman in one mirror's
2: reflection had a head and in the other he didn't i think that's that because, i think that's because in the one that he did katrina was watching okay and then the other one she wasn't so we are seeing her perspective Okay, like, so only she. When he puts his, when his, we see him with a head,
0: it's only through her vision.
2: Is yeah, that be,
1: what
0: we're supposed to? Okay, yeah, because that's, she's that's the, she's
1: the witch.
2: So yeah,
0: that's okay. Uh, that's the way I take it. Yeah. All right. Right. She's the, it's it's a necklace that applies to the two of them and as far as you know the history between them. So gotcha. and because right. she has supernatural powers, she can it bait works for them. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. No sign of the kindred last week, though he didn't come back, mm-hmm. so he's still out there, presumably getting a job and a green card. So, uh <laughs> but yeah. Actually, did you like last week's episode?
2: Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh the, I mean, the coin was in I liked the Benedict Arnold twist, although a lot of supernatural shows over, you know, the last 20 years have had some sort of, you know, uh, object that was that makes uh, you know, inevitably makes one of your main characters turn evil. So, I wasn't a big surprise to see Jenny uh, you know, go to the dark side, so to speak, and I do have to say I kind of wish she had shot um, had gone through with shooting the new Sheriff, Captain, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm not a big fan of the character, um, and I hope that there is uh, a little more headway made on that soon. Um, but I did like Holly um, quite a bit. He gives me a little bit of a Nathan Drake vibe. Oh, uh, yeah. He's and, dressed like him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we'll get more into him because he plays a big part in the second episode, but I hope he sticks around for a while. It could be a nice little wrinkle. Yep. For sure.
0: And yeah, let's, um, I guess before we get to... Actually, well, Maxwell, you want to go over the synopsis for this week's episode?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, Abby and Crane search for a missing sleepy hollow child. Her reveals a creature akin to the Pied Piper, whose legacy with the child's family extends back to a centuries-old curse. And this episode's called, uh, Go Where I Send Thee. That's
0: just fun to say. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's this week. But before we get into the episode itself... Uh, let's just go into some show notes here. Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. It really helps out uh, people find the show and, you know, make it somewhat more popular. It'd be nice to have, you know, get some more listeners in here because we certainly like doing the show and talking about Sleepy Hollow. So uh, if you want to log on to iTunes and, you know, give us a, maybe a quick rating, a quick review, it doesn't take much time. It'd be, you know, very helpful for the show in general. Also um let's see i was able to live tweet the episode last night which is a lot of fun but yeah you can follow us on twitter at icapod crane or the facebook page facebook.com slash crane feel free to email us at uh at gmo.com. so yeah there's lots of ways to reach us that's what we're going over here fun note actually when i was um when i was live tweeting the episode last night guys um what's her name lindy greenwood who plays jenny on the show she was also like she was she was watching the episode live and tweeting along so i told her I tweeted to her that we completely have been saying that you should get your own spin off involving you as Black Tomb Raider with Clancy Brown, and she completely like favorited that tweet and responded to us, which was very <laughs> nice. So, so the, the the wheels are turning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> get, getting that going. That's that's how I'm looking at it, but we'll see. So yeah, with that, let's get to uh let's get to everyone's favorite, our newest segment. taking the, the taking the, the nation by storm, some would say. It's time for Gotham Corner. All right, here we are. It's Gotham Corner, it means we're gonna talk briefly about this week's episode of Gotham. Maybe because we missed last week, let's give some brief thoughts on last week's. Although I was not a fan of the Balloon Man from the, the third episode of Gotham, I don't think Brandon, you were either, correct? Nope. Uh, if we would have had an episode last week, I may have suggested
1: we change uh, Gotham Corner to Rebels Roundup.
0: <laughs> the to go over the Star Wars uh, Rebels show.
1: Yes, yes, which which I'm I'm liking pretty good so far. Um but no, it, whew. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think last week's Gotham may have all been about poor execution. Maybe somebody some more talented hands may have been able to tell that story better, but I don't know.
2: Maxwell? I thought I mean, I don't know. I I have the like a, the same problem with every episode of Gotham so far. I didn't find the Balloon Man episode any better or worse than any of the other three that or four that have aired. Uh I just think they're just shoving way too much in each episode. They need to slow down, calm down a little bit, get things focused. It's hard when you have a new show, especially a show that's trying to do as much as Gotham is, but the tone is just bizarre, and there's a lot going on, and there's, like, balloons and ping. I don't know.
0: You see, I can I can agree to an extent that it's certainly overstuffed with ideas, and the tone has been a little bit wonky in the series in general, but I felt like last week just felt so obviously, like, poor compared to the other two weeks it just it just the the concept just looks so silly compared to what i was seeing in gotham beforehand that just bothered me which is why i was so happy about uh, this this week's episode arkham it felt a lot more consistent overall like it, it felt like it had a better grip on how the show should kind of play out on a weekly basis it still needs to it still needs to get better i mean the it still needs to kind of do a better job with these characters. Do a little better job with these dialogue. But I, I was a lot warmer to this episode than the previous week's episode.
2: I, I do think, uh, surprisingly, I, I wouldn't have expected this, but Cobblepot is the best thing going right right now. Right. The, yeah. Really, I, yeah. enjoying the character and the actor is doing just a, a bang up job. And you know, if they focus a little bit more on that and and cleaned up some of the rougher edges, it could be good. And I'll stick with it because it's Batman, and you know, I like I like my superhero stories. But um, we'll see. I don't think, you know, one complaint I haven't had so far is I've, I've kind of been, you know,
1: some of the, a lot of the cast isn't totally consistent with each other in, in how they're acting, but some of the acting in this recent episode was a little, like, Ben McKenzie, he's, he's better than what was shown, like, especially early on when he, like, channeled Christian Bale for some reason. Yeah, he was really growling at Penguins in this week's episode. <laughs> kind of It was kind of tough to watch, and i just like, oh, really? They, this is the takes they chose to put in the episode um, kind of way. I, I did think the episode was a step back up. Um, from last week, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it. Like Maxwell said, to, like settle down a little bit. It right. still feels like pilot mode
0: for some of it, but I, again, I, I agree. It, but yeah, I do feel like it's a, still a step back up, which I already, which I already said, but I, it just, it did little things that were like, I like, um, having Alfred and Bruce be such prominent characters in the show, I did like how this week it kind of made sense how they were involved because it involved like a plan that was developed by the Waynes. And so it kind of, it felt more organic to have them involved in the story rather than just kind of shoehorning them in just because they're part of the cast. I still don't think they're necessary, but
1: yeah, they did make them feel a little bit more relevant, but I just, I feel like this would be a better story if it was Jim Gordon's story and not Jim Gordon. How can Jim Gordon visit Batman every week story? Or Little Batman.
2: I'm struggling with the characterization of Alfred. Uh, You know, I don't know, maybe as he gets older, he becomes nicer, but he's kind of a (laughs) dick. Yeah. You know, and partly it has to do with the actor's accent, you know, but it is what it is. It's tough, too, and I don't want to, you know, talk about it too much more. When there are other or new superhero shows doing a better job of starting up their show, it's tough. Because I love Batman, and I know... You guys do as well, so you, you know you hope now that there's a, even though it's not a Batman show, you know there's all that baggage. You you want it to be good, you know, and so maybe you get gi- you give it a little slack to find its way. I, I I mean I I really am. That's that's what it comes down
0: to. Although I mean I was pretty negative on the Balloon Man, <laughs> which I I really do feel like is just a a very subpar episode of television in general. While I do think that this one like it just it felt better, it felt more consistent. But yeah, I agree. Like you know other shows, obviously I think you're referencing the Flash. Um, yeah. which had a very solid pilot, and I haven't seen this week's episode yet, but I am looking forward to watching it. So I mean, as well. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's move on from there then. That was Gotham Corner.
2: <laughs> All
0: right, so now let's get to this week's episode. Let's get to Back to Sleepy Hollow. Back to Go Where I Send Thee, and let's just jove right into it. So episode starts off. No recap this week, guys. Wasn't that wild? <laughs> this just, this is the episode that's like, you know what? We don't need the two minutes of uh, previously in Sleepy Hollow. We just got We're just gonna kind of sh- go straight into it. Uh, if aside from the return of Howley, I mean, it was kind of self-contained. I guess so. Yeah, I mean that's, what... and like even Ichab- Ichabod had like kind of a a, a monologue that briefly surmised what's going on in the series. Yes. So it kind of worked <laughs> to the <laughs> show's advantage, I guess. This could is have, true. Yeah, could have been a time thing too, but I don't know. We had the full opening credits too, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, middle of the night, young girl goes downstairs, walks outside her family's mansion. She calmly heads into the woods as a flute player, as flute music plays in the air. That's kind of a little teaser for what's coming next. But the next day, we have Ichabod uh, psyching himself up for his greatest challenge, learning how to drive. Abby knows he's been practicing a bit with Jenny, but he takes a de- deep breath and peels out all over the parking lot, spins around. He's driving like a stunt car driver, you know, tight, <laughs> drives around some corners pretty tight, whips into a parking spot using the e-brake. And Abby realizes that basically Ichabod's just been messing with her, uh, which is pretty entertaining.
2: He was <laughs> a much better awesome. driver than I was expecting. <laughs> Yeah. Where did you learn how to do that? I guess he's just that much of an expert.
0: He's, he was practicing with Jenny.
2: Jenny plus the photographic memory. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he, he knows awesome. he knows how
0: to reverse now. So that's that's the key. That was, that yeah, was, that was holding him back. So, <laughs> uh, Ichabod receives an Amber Alert uh, during this driving lesson, which gives him the gives him note that there's a girl missing. So they proceed to proceed onto this plot line at the parents' house. Abby. Uh, tries to encourage Sarah's parents to stay positive. Now she, Abby knows the parents, correct? That's the,
1: yeah. that's yeah, it's, a, it. it's a social worker or, or court child lawyer she had when uh, her and her sister were orphaned. There we go. And, uh,
0: but yeah, uh, the girl, Sarah, trying to keep the parents positive. Sarah's their youngest. They also have three adopted boys. The mother, uh, Beth blames herself for falling asleep in the office and forgetting to set the alarm. That's what she says for now. Uh, later Abby finds Beth outside and Abby remembers that she, she was the caseworker as so we kind of just went over and she you know she basically makes a huge promise that they're going to find Sarah they're going to they're going to get her uh, meanwhile crane Ichabod's kind of peeking around the estate uh, he sees a rifle mounted on the wall with a plaque that says from the estate of Daniel Lancaster and this leads to a uh, leads to a, a kind of an explanation of who the lancasters are um, apparently they were they sided with the like back in the revolutionary war time we get a whole flashback we get the uh, lancasters sided with the patriots very late after they knew that the uh, the the uh, patriots were going to win the war. And apparently he and, and Ichabod they they hated him. They hated Daniel Lancaster. Uh Crane as kinda of going through this, uh through the woods and realizing what's going on, Crane notices a sign of struggle and a blood splatter in the woods. Uh Abby finds the old hollow bone on, on the on the ground with holes in it. it. Crane recognized it as a type of instrument made in China. It's in fact a flute type thing, just made out of a bone. He plays it because Ichabod's of course a great flute player. And something comes over Abby, and she starts walking into the swamp totally zoned out until Crane stops her. Uh, At this point, Ichabod realizes who they're facing, none other than a Pied Piper.
1: Dun-dun-dun! Two intro credit sequence.
0: So yeah, we got a Pied Piper this week. I feel like this is the only show that I could maybe, some of the other Supernatural shows I don't watch, but one of the few shows that can get away with having a Pied Piper as a serious threat as a villain.
2: I agree with that. I, my mind kind of went immediately to uh, Silicon Valley. I don't know if anyone... <laughs> <worked>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, there is a uh, DC Comics villain named the Pied Piper who will be on The Flash later this season, but in terms of the you know, childhood, you know fantasy story character, this show can and does get away with it, and boy, is he scary? Yeah, it's, a, it's a good design yeah. on the I like the it when effect. he comes
0: out of the mud, he looks really cool, yeah, and he's like Assassin's Creed I like we'll get to that
2: whoever does a creature design on this show, like reaches like into the depths of my childhood nightmares and like puts it on television, <laughs> yes. It'd be kind of disconcerting at times because, like, oh my god, I've had a nightmare about this guy, and now here he is on TV. What's he? Oh, he's the Pied Piper. I didn't know that.
0: What's funny (laughs) is that, like, these characters, they look really, like, well done and, like, fitting of a world of Guillermo del Toro. Meanwhile, in Guillermo del Toro's own show, The Strain, they have a main character named The Master that looks ridiculous. And, like, seriously whatsoever. (laughs) Really ridiculous. (laughs) He, he, He looks like like the leprosy version of Count Chocula. It's crazy how terrible it
2: <laughs> I had not heard that description, but that's really apt. <laughs> um, Someone should put... I mean, I love Guillermo del Tormo, but I don't think uh, television is his strong suit as yet. Someone should sit him down and show him the first season of Sleepy Hollow and be like, here, watch this, and then do this for season two of The Strain. Well, was he showrunning The Strain? No, but, you know, I'm sure that everything sort of had to... Hit his desk in some capacity. Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: Uh, okay, so moving on. After the break, we get do we get a um, we get uh, Crane meets Abby back in the archive. She's still annoyed. He's still annoyed that he has to sneak around Captain Reyes, uh, but he has the uh he, he has the uh, the bone flute. He he realized that the bone flute has a range similar to a piccolo, but pitches up half a note. Uh, he tells Abby about just to give some more flute knowledge. Uh, he, he tells Abby about a time during war when the British soldiers were quartered in Sleepy Hollow and an entire garrison was lured outside by flute music and slaughtered by a piper. This is where we get, like, a whole flashback sequence where the piper's using, like, super cool moves akin to something like Assassin's Creed. That's really what I was reminded of the whole time. Yeah. Um, to show like how like strong a fighter the Pied Piper is. This is a far cry from like some guy in tights like luring mou- mice out of town. This is like the, this, yeah. this, this isn't your father's Pied Piper, obviously. I'm
2: children, <laughs> yeah. isn't that like like sort of like the tagline of the show? This isn't your father's headless horseman, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, they come up. Oh, this isn't your father's Pied Piper. <laughs> I, I, like I would be surprised
0: if like Rupert Murdoch like was in a room just trying to pitch ideas of shows based off that moniker of just. Okay, I like the idea, guys, but let's make it not your father's version of Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) Let's make it not your father's version of American Idol. Let's do this. Okay, let's go.
2: This isn't your father's Gotham. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, Abby... I wish it was your father's Gotham. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, that's how I'm feeling. But
0: anyways... Abby remembers she felt compelled to go somewhere. Crane thinks it's a summoning spell. Abby agrees to Crane's unspoken suggestion that they play the music for her again, and they follow. In order to kind of make this work, uh, Ichabod develops a... How does he get it onto the the MP3? Like, he makes an MP3 recording of the... uh, Someone does, right? I think he plays it,
2: and they record it. He plays it,
0: yeah. As
2: you call it, a loop, an MP3 loop.
0: Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, they go out into the woods... Uh, she listens to Crane's recording on her phone, and he follows it until he sees someone. He stops Abby, and she draws her gun as they approach a person, and it turns out to be Holly, the treasure hunter. He's wounded, but he tells him Sarah's still alive. Abby patches up his leg while Crane goes through Holly's things. Holly says he was searching for a flute made of bone when he saw the piper grab Sarah and then attack him. He knew to wait at night on Sarah's 10th birthday because because of the Lancaster family curse. Uh, so yeah, we get another... So more. A lot of exposition in this episode involving the, the Lancasters and the Piper. The garrison was quartered at Daniel Lancaster's house, and he paid the Piper to lure them away after he got handsy with his daughters. The Piper was a mercenary who had given his soul to a demon, so when Daniel turned turned on him and killed the mercenary, the curse was born. Every generation, the Piper lures a Lancaster girl into the woods when she turns ten, when her, when her bones are the right size to make his instruments. Each one of them had oh. a different effect on his victims. Oh. So that's fun stuff right there. Good wholesome fun
2: their rib cage is a xylophone it's fantastic
0: yeah it's it's like the Lion King scene where they're playing in the elephant's uh, graveyard is a lot like yeah. that,
2: <laughs> except with human girls, yeah, not fathers uh, xylophone
0: Be- because Holly completely forgot everything that happened last week, he thinks it's just a legend, but he says the piper weakens his victims before killing them. the reason they have about thirty six hours which, which is why they have about thirty six hours, Abby takes out the bone flu and offers it to Holly if he helps find them, uh, so yeah we're getting a lot more uh Holly um. Obviously, I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if he eventually entered the cast as like a main player. But do you, do you guys like the kind of the use of this character as kind of a scoundrel type, like basically the Han Solo of he's the series? A, he's a future love interest for Jenny. That's, That's what you think? Oh yeah, for Jenny.
1: I mean, Jenny had the Ur- think, Jenny had the I Irving think, thing going.
2: I think he's a future love interest for Abby, to be honest. Okay, yeah. Or love yeah, yeah, triangle. He, it's just a love triangle. Maybe. I mean, I I like the character. I think he's pretty cool. Um, he's like roguish and charming and a little bit of a, a you know, a scoundrel. And I, I, you know, I like Bounty Hunter. So we'll see. I mean, he's someone who has all this expertise on these artifacts and may even sort of be at odds with them and then ends up helping them. He's cool. And I, I expect he'll probably be around quite a bit. I don't know, you know, how many episodes the actor signed for, but I wouldn't mind seeing more of him.
0: Maybe, uh, maybe I, he I, and the kindred will become best friends. <laughs>
2: I've seen the actor in other shows, and I always thought he was kind of a douche, so I was surprised to actually like him in this.
0: Well, yeah, he has, like, you know, he has a five o'clock shadow now, so he's automatically cooler than just playing, playing, <laughs> <laughs> playing white bread guy.
2: To be fair, I think the first show I ever saw the actor in was um, One Tree Hill, where he played, like, a stalker and kidnapper and, like, almost, like, rapist, so this is a better role for him. In uh, Back
0: in uh, in Terrytown, Captain Irving does his research on the four horsemen in the Bible. He, is ha- he has this... This incredible vision of himself as a yeah. demon going full ninja on townspeople as a as sleepy hollow burns and the horseman rides. What did we think of this sequence? Like so there's like this like we're building to this, right? Please yeah. tell me we're building to this? <laughs> this. This was amazing. This like little sequence <laughs> of him like just like just destroying people as like the horse like everything's on fire. Like it looked crazy <laughs> kind of depiction. Or, Orlando what? Jones
1: Orlando Jones gets some of the best action stuff he does. He in really the show. Does. <laughs>
2: Who knew
0: Orlando Jones was so buff, right? Like this is <laughs> yeah. him showing off like him, like wielding like swords and like impaling people. It was it was it was like he was like suddenly he and like Michonne need to have like some like super battle online or something apparently. Yeah, there sure.
2: That would be awesome. Yeah, it was pretty wicked. It, it was very it was sort of um Video gamey at times, also maybe, like, visually influenced by Zack Snyder a little bit. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah at ease, that seemed to be what it was going for. It was pretty badass. I was, it was, like, came out of nowhere, and I was like, damn. So all we yeah. can hope is that that's, like, what what this whole season leads to. Is like, the,
1: the one thing it wasn't was haunting
2: or scary. It was like, <laughs> yes, bring it on! <laughs> I think they wanted us to be scared if, of this. If you had like... a bit... See though, if you had a vision of you being in that situation, you may, you may be scared like shit. I'm gonna have yeah. to learn how to use a katana.
0: Yeah, the fear definitely but, applies to the character witnessing this thing, and not the audience right. who's just like, "Wow, we had an Assassin's Creed sequence. Now we have like a like a Zack Snyder sequence."
1: We've <laughs> all now we've all now joined Team Moloch with this or Moloch with this um, little vision of the future, hoping it happens, and then they can defeat him after that.
0: But anyway, out in the woods. Uh, they follow Abby once again in trance mode until Crane, Crane sees remnants of a foundation of the leaves and finds a cellar door. In the cellar, the Piper spies on them as they look around. Bones are strung up from ceilings. Abby finds Sarah, but she's chained up. Holly gets distracted, looking at skinned animals, and then sees the Piper, who is a skeleton-faced ghoul. Holly fires, but the, Pir- the, the Piper flips around like a super speedy ghost creature thing.
2: And I love that Holly's basically like, yeah, cool mask, bro. Yeah, because <laughs> he'd buy into this. <laughs>
0: It's like, yeah, way to be on speed, man. Like he just he's just gonna keep denying it. It's like, it's like, um, it's like when like Lance Henderson's trying to explain away the Terminator in the first Terminator movie to Sarah. He's like, yeah, he was on PCP, probably his hands probably broken. Like you know, just, <laughs> just probably was just wearing a bulletproof vest, no harm, no foul, right? Like it's just all these explanations,
2: um, <laughs> or all the old like early season two episodes of Buffy where the principal of the school would be like, vampires? No, they were just students on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes um
0: abby works to free sarah crane helps holly but he gets cracked in the jaw for his troubles the piper twirls a long bone quickly making high-pitched noise that slows down crane and holly but holly lobs one of those convenient grenades to knock him over they set charges on their way out and make it into the woods the whole thing blows up but of course the Piper's probably still alive apparently i guess grenades don't kill uh, pipers but gunshots eventually do and like stabbing him with stuff but we'll get back to that. Crane and Abby plan to take Sarah home. They they then come back with the weapons to confront the Piper. But Holly thinks his part of the bargain is done. He doesn't care about the fact that the monster is real and related to the End of Days. So Abby uh, takes out the flute to give it to him, then cracks it over her knee, and then kind of fastens off. It's like, oh look, it got damaged. My bad. Uh, so yeah, they, she basically says, yeah, we we, we weren't going to give you this. This is this weapon's like crazy powerful. That's, that'd be stupid. We'd be stupid to do that. Um, in hindsight, maybe you keep those things or just not do that at <laughs> yeah, all. But, but I mean, yeah, that's a. Uh, let's see. Abby and uh, Crane return Sarah to her parents. Abby tells Beth Lancaster that someone took Sarah, but it will be uh, over soon. See, a lot of stuff happening there. We get a whole fight sequence, and we get the return of the daughter fairly early in the episode. So you're thinking, okay, I guess they gotta still deal with the Piper in some form. Were you guys? Did you guys have suspicion of the of the Beth of the mother character beforehand? I guess so, right? If there was a curse, perhaps. Um, I don't know. <laughs> right, I, I honestly I did it's because I wasn't sure where these. I mean, I, I was like, yeah. this episode seems over pretty quickly. What's What else needs to happen? <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think they gave us enough, and we hadn't met the father at all either. So there's that possibility, but yeah, I, I yeah, I guess I didn't see it coming, and I yeah, I thought maybe this story could be going toward what uh, how was going to do with the. The, the broken flute at that point. Mm. But, I mean, it did, but I thought that might be where the focus shifts. But
0: uh, Moving on, they head back to the archives to arm up. Abby gives Crane some noise-canceling earbuds, which gives him one of the best reactions on the show ever, of him just, like, realizing, <laughs> what, this tech... Like, this seems like the first time he's impressed by technology. Usually he's, like, begrudgingly accepting something, but this time he's like, wow, that's amazing. Like, that seemed to be his reaction. <laughs> and it lights up perfectly blue, so you can see it's in his ear. Yeah, it looked really cool. Too bad it just ended up not being all that effective. <laughs> but uh, they discussed Beth Lancaster's odd reaction to Sarah's return, which looked like looked to Abby like disappointment. She, it was funny how she didn't seem surprised by uh, when Abby, when Ichabod brought up this uh, this thought of the mother not responding in a way that seemed would seem more normal. But she seemed to be kind of Abby's a smart girl, I guess is the way to put it. Let's see, Crane asks Abby to perform the logging ceremony, which is now how I refer to logging onto my own computer. Uh, for police records to verify that the Lancaster women have gone missing on their 10th birthday in every generation, including Ben Lancaster, ben Beth laughed Including Beth Lancaster's older sister, Lucy, but in uh, 1936 a rose Lancaster disappeared but was quickly found. But then all the other children in her family died of fever. They think this was the curse and Ben Lancaster Ben, beth lancaster knew if she didn't sacrifice sarah she could lose all of her children one thing lancaster's just got to stop having all these kids right that's right all right but uh um, <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the clearest way to do it keep it in your pants lancaster <laughs> um but yeah crane and abby re- return to the lancaster house where the three boys are being put in ambulances uh beth has disappeared with sarah saying she was on her way to the hospital Uh, Crane takes one of Daniel Lancaster's mounted swords and asks to drive, in the interest of haste, of course, which is why he gets to drive and Abby doesn't. So the plan is to kind of race and find Beth. Uh, They race into the woods and find Beth's car. Beth is leading her daughter into the woods, and when Abby finds her, Beth draws a gun on Abby and tries to make her understand what it's like to feel so powerless. Crane promises her they can make it right. Uh, They have a big, very convincing argument. It's very emotional. It's very well done. Beth drops her gun and holds her daughter when the piper rushes them. He knocks down Beth and Crane goes after him. Abby empties their gun, but it has no effect. The Piper escapes down to the well into a cellar. Crane follows with the sword. He puts his earbuds on. He takes on the Piper with the sword. The Piper overpowers him, making the earbuds somewhat unnecessary. But it did like, give us a cool kind of intro into that fight of him attempting to do something different than the last time. He begins his kind of twirl my, my staff over your head to, to uh, annoy you tactic, paralyzing Crane. Uh, Crane manages to grab a rock and smash Piper's toe with it, one of the easiest ways to disable any enemy, of course. Throw a rock at him. Uh, He he then uh, grabs his sword, lops off the Piper's arm, but then the Piper throws Crane against the wall and is crawling towards the staff when Abby appears, picks up the staff, and skewers him with it. So, yeah, Piper down. We got a Piper
2: down. This Piper will pie no more.
0: Uh, It's funny how Abby's like, Crane, finish this! And then then she's the one that kind of goes after him and finishes it herself. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Piper destroyed fatality, Abby. Yep. Yes. Back, back in Terrytown, Captain Irving talks to John to, to John Parrish, Henry Parrish, confronting him about his identity. Parrish says he's a quit, he could quit as his lawyer, but then the payments to Irving's wife would stop, as w- as would the insurance for his daughter and Irving's own case would be delayed indefinitely. Henry tells Irving that he just wants to help him because what is war if not an instrument of justice? Irving asks Parrish what he's done to him. Parrish cites a Bible verse, Ezekiel 18:4. Irving eventually goes to read it. He it says, "Behold, all souls are mine." He then remembers the the essential pricking the finger scene um, with the pen while signing the documents. So he concludes that you took my that he has his soul. I feel like there's probably more needed than just just like accidentally sign something to get someone's soul. He
1: didn't consent.
0: He didn't like. Yeah, he didn't sign like knowingly in blood. Which makes me wonder if, like, Henry just might be, like, screwing with him or not, uh, even though there was a lot of emphasis on that whole scene and making sure that we remember it as an audience. But it's, like, yeah. it seems a little too... Seems, for something as, like, sacred as a soul, it seems like that's a little too easy to get someone to give it over.
1: Yeah, like, he didn't... He didn't know,
0: That's when he was signing
1: over, and he didn't, you know... He wasn't aware of what was
0: the what was going He was tricked. That said, Henry was also trying to kind of convince Irving that... He should be on his side and very in some words just because like Ichabod and Abby haven't done enough to get him out of their predicaments but i feel i mean from an audience perspective, I'm the guy that's yelling at the t v It's like what are they supposed to do it like, seems like they've done all they can to try to help him out
1: and Ichabod even said he was safer in there if he if that was his lawyer
0: yeah i I feel like i i don't know i, I... <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be annoyed if, like, if Irving goes to the dark side by choice rather than by, like, being forced to. Unless he's a double agent. <laughs> Just more moles, right? Katrina and Irving. Yes. Is moles in the Moloch's army. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we get back to Crane and Abby, who are at some, like, harbor as they uh, the seaside cafe, where Crane assesses his cappuccino as sadistic larceny, which is typical of the Italians. I had to write all this down. A gaudy hillock of overheated milk atop a thimble's worth of coffee. He he yells. He then tries it, and then he, he pretty much concedes to why it might be popular. This all seemed like... Everything about like him wiping, like having foam wiped off his like, lips and the way he was describing things, it seemed like something out of a Hugh Grant movie. That's
2: like what I was Yeah. at <laughs> at that
0: point. <laughs> well,
1: then I, 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 lo- I loved it when he chugged it, and I was like, oh, it's
0: very hot under the foam.
2: Seems like a scene that was made purely for people to be able to post about later on Tumblr. That really is what it feels like. <laughs>
0: but him like, wiping the foam, I was like, oh, like, oh this is so hot. Adorable. Yeah. And yeah, then...
2: Pied Piper killing
0: kids, but then yeah, then we get to Abby. She's just basically states, you know what? We can win this thing. That's pretty much what we uh, <laughs> what we have <laughs> coming up out of the out of the good guy's side. At the very end, we get back to the, to a bar where Holly meets with the, his bone flute buyer. He warns the man that the flute is broken, but the man doesn't seem to care. He takes it to his buyer, which is none other than Henry Parrish, who then grinds the bones into a powder and tastes, tastes it, pronouncing it as perfect. And that it's is like, what concludes really
2: so. our episode. How, how much do you suspect one one pays for a bone flute in these days' market?
0: You know, a good a good couple hundred thou, right?
2: You know, right?
0: I enough know. enough to get Holly through another Abercrombie and Fitch gift certificate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That that's how much they cost there. I don't know. I don't. What what I do know is that Henry has like the perfect chocolate milk powder. I'm glad about that. That's that's what I I've concluded from that one. <laughs> but yeah no surprises by the way that it was like they i don't know why the show even tries to disguise the fact that it's like henry they wanted the bone flute it's like who else is going to be <laughs> like,
2: yeah, yeah it's like, oh oh, oh I, yep just, the only real surprise would have been if it was um, reyes reyes yeah yeah that would that yeah. would
0: have worked actually i would have been happy with that or something or, or even like jenny as like some weird kind of twist
1: for the return of luke morales <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I just like bone flutes. What can and, I say? That'd lead to, like, no one gasping. <laughs> Twitter would be silent. i <laughs> like, yes. oh, all right. <laughs> he just collects old stuff, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, so that's the episode. Go where I send the... Um, I'll start with my thoughts first on it. Um, I, uh, I thought it was an all right episode. I thought it was... A, I, I enjoyed that it was a self-contained episode. It's not really one that forward forwarded the plot, necessarily, besides... Maybe stuff with Irving because that's really the only kind of forward momentum on the plot we seem to get if it doesn't involve Katrina in some way. But for the most part, I was I was like I was very happy with it. It was like fun to watch, but not like not an essential City Hall episode. Uh, Maxwell,
2: yeah, uh, in the realm of monster of the week episodes, it was perfectly fine. Creepy villain, good makeup, fun action, pretty straightforward. Brandon, yeah, it was it was it was a solid episode.
1: Um, you know not you know that's to be how was but there was. There was enough highs from it to be completely enjoyable and definitely yeah, I like the the Irving Vision, the makeup, the monster, I mean, good stuff, but just rather straightforward kind of episode. Yeah, it felt it felt a lot
0: like uh, what was it, like the golem from last season or um like yeah. that one with like the witch, which I think was like the second episode or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. well that doesn't really add a ton, but you know, it's still it's the show doing what it does very well, which is, you know, have the interactions between have the interactions between the characters and provide some creepy imagery which in this case was that pied piper which is pretty cool to see so yeah um let's see what else so, we move through it so quickly sometimes but so it's like what else do we talk about not much on this show it's pretty much just straightforward um so with that i guess we can get to our if we have any crazy uh crazy hokum thoughts of this week anything guys any new uh, any new theories um we uh, i think there may be more um
1: objects that Henry Parrish, um is collecting to. Wait, so make there's, his a que- there's a question. There's a question. Like, what do you think he's going to use the uh, the bone flute dust for? I think it's only a piece of a larger thing. I think a lot of this season, probably since there's more episodes, is going to be certain items that they're going to be um, back and forth fighting for, to because he's trying to create something and they're trying to keep it from him.
2: I think he's making a really nice smoothie. <laughs>
0: Maybe he's like, maybe he's making a new paint for business cards made of you know colored with bone. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. I have nothing really, Dad, as far as theories go. I I really want to see an episode of like Tomb Raider Jenny versus Tomb Raider Holly. That'd be fun, I think. But uh, you know, some kind of race against time or something. But we'll see. Uh, no Clancy Brown yet, by the way. No Clancy Brown flashback so far this season. So no. it's a little unfortunate, some would say. Unless he's on they something. did mention they did man, they have mentioned his name. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did, he, was, he was name dropped in this one. Yeah. So uh, I guess the Clancy Brown watch continues. But um, with that said, I guess we could talk about next week's episode briefly. Uh, Brandon, you want to go for that synopsis? Yes, next week on Sleepy Hollow, The Weeping Lady.
1: A woman from Ichabod Crane's uh, past comes to Sleepy Hollow in the form of an undead weeping lady, aiming to harm anyone in her path. Meanwhile, Katrina and Crane learn unsettling things about each other's past. And Abby has some unexpected flirtatious encounters. Whoa! Yeah, so you guys maybe are right with Abby and Hallie there then.
0: Or or something else completely different. Or, maybe the kindred comes back and has some the flowers. The kindred is <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Never count out the kindred. That's the wording. No breaks in the season so far. Like it, like baseball has not like messed with the schedule on Fox apparently because it's just one after another. Uh, I
1: think it only gets uh, when it's the World Series, is when it.
0: But I mean, it's almost the end of October, which means it's almost the World Series. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. Like last year, I remember there was like a three week break, like pretty early on. Like, and I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, there was like a break. Uh, yeah, like it, like now. Like this week, and then like well, the show came back like two weeks later or something. This week, it's. We got it. Yeah, we've got episodes pretty much going straight through, so. Oh, excellent. I guess whatever Fox is doing, it's working for them as far as the schedule goes. Maybe because they have so much invested in Gotham, they don't want to screw up the schedule on it. <laughs> yeah. That might be it, actually. That <laughs> really might be that really it's, it. it's a possibility. They want to keep in the thing. All right, well, yeah, that's next week's episode of The we- the, we- the Weeping Lady. Um, and, yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's going to do it. It's <laughs> a fun, quick episode. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of our tale this week in The Hollow. Um, I mentioned all this at the top of the show, but feel free to email us or go follow us on Twitter or follow us on our Facebook page. It's all Icopod Crane or IchapodCraneCast at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow the other shows on the HHWLOD Podcast Network. That's where you can find this show along with other shows including the Walking Dead TV podcast, which is back in the full swing now that Walking Dead's back on the air. As well as, of course, the other show that I host, the Out Now, There in a Day podcast, which is having special bonus episodes talking about horror movies from all over throughout the decades, which Brandon has been uh, guesting on as well. With all that said, uh, Maxwell, where can people find more of your work online?
2: Yeah, follow me uh, on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell or go to cinemaxwell.com for my various work. Uh, Brandon? You can find my work at uh, naptownnerd,
1: which is Um Also, I write for com, where Aaron writes stellar movie reviews. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> I do also uh, post my reviews on my own personal site, the And you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, so until next time, heads will roll.
2: And all the sinner saints As heads and tails Just call me Lucifer Cause I'm in need of some restraint So if you meet me Have some courtesy Have some sympathy And some taste Use all your well-learned politics Or I'll lay your soul to waste
1: Good morrow, y'all.